Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. You know, it's amazing to me in the world of TikTok filters and green screen backgrounds and digital LED backgrounds that anybody can see anything and think, wow, that's real. And the more we get into AI and digital creations and holograms and projections and 3D printers, I think the more complicated that's going to be. But let me ask you a question as a leader. Are the stories that you choose to tell real? Are they authentically you? Or is authentic part of the, I don't know, plot line, the discussion, the way you make things up, the way you construct a story? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I can tell you there's a whole lot of difference between authentic and offensive. I can also tell you there's a whole lot of difference between authentic and manipulative. I mean, you probably heard the phrase, put me in a good light. Let, let me show you how simple that is. If I simply take this little light of mine from over in the corner and I adjust this light like this, that's amazing how drastically that changes the image that you're looking at. I mean, I could put it down here. I could put it under the table. I could make it disappear. And suddenly you have an entirely different image, an entirely different impression of what's going on here. And it's amazing how easy that is just by moving one light fixture. It's amazing in the course of a story how moving one line, one sentence, one argument... It has the same effect. It changes the way you see the entire presentation. How things are lit up, how they're exposed, how they're brought to light. See, these are all phrases that we talk about when it comes to articulating our ideas and telling the stories that we tell, whether it's to promote our business or promote our book or promote ourselves. And in each one of those different illustrations, the, the metaphor of the light, we apply things a little bit differently. Now, the irony is, I don't know if you know this or not, I didn't know it until today, specifically that in 1917, the word public relations came along. It was right after World War I. And as the world began to look at war from a different perspective, the idea of sending journalists with the soldiers into the combat zone that's a new idea, but see, it, it allows people to understand the power of the war, to understand the necessity of the war, to invest in war bonds, to buy those things which help us grow the military-industrial complex. And if you think back to all of the people through the course of our American history specifically, who have said, if there's anything we should fear, besides fear itself, it's the military-industrial complex, because the war machine thrives on combat, it thrives on conflict, it thrives on death. Well, that's a pretty strong indictment. I mean, 
I thought the purpose of our military was to protect our freedoms. I thought the purpose of our military was to defend us. Now, you can see really quickly how simply changing the light changes the entire story. It, it changes everything there is to know and understand about the story. And the same thing is true in your life. There are things, and, and you know this, especially if you're a parent. If you're a parent and you've encountered those days where one child runs into the room and tells you what just happened. And two minutes later, another child runs into the room and they tell you exactly the same story, only it doesn't sound like the same story. I mean, the same people are involved and the same thing eventually happened. The, the lamp got broken. But who broke the lamp and how the lamp got broken and why the lamp is broken and how many pieces are left? Those may be entirely different stories. We know from watching many crime shows that if you get five people standing on a street corner who eyewitness an event, an attack, a bludgeoning, a purse snatching, a car accident, an explosion, it doesn't matter. Five people witness it. You can ask five different interviews. You'll get 10 different answers. Because the frame of the moment in time, impacted by their emotional state or what else they were paying attention to or how they see the world, all of these things will impact the way they perceived what happened. Now, if three people see the same thing happen and they have three or four different ways of seeing it to tell it back to you, are they being deceptive? Are they being manipulative? Are they simply looking at life from another perspective? When they tell the story, are they being authentic or manipulative? And see, this is really the work of a good leader. To understand that the stories you tell, well, they have to be authentic. But authentic isn't the storyline. It's not the plot line. It's not the way you craft the story to make it feel real. I, and my wife loves watching these tiny home shows, and, and I like watching some of them too. And, and recently she's been watching Selling Alaska. I don't know why. I'm not planning to move to Alaska. But as she's watching these shows, one guy said, I love this little cabin. I love that it's right on the water. And, and the, the, the real estate agent said, well, it is really right in the water because... You're at low tide right now, and that water is 150 feet away, but at high tide, it'll rise 20 feet in depth. And that 20 to 25 feet means three sides of this house will be in the water. Like, the water will be touching your, your doorstep on three sides. And he said, yeah, I wanted a cabin on the water, like near the water, not in the water. Amazing how in the water and on the water are so significantly different. Some people say on the water, they mean like where I live, 75 yards from the lake. Some people say on the water, they mean I want to fish out of my bedroom window. But I don't think anybody means in the lake, just on the lake, near the lake, close to the water, not in the water. In the water and on the water, subtle differences, right? Well, he finds another cabin and he looks at it and he says, this one's really nice. And he walks in with his bride and she looks at it and says, I like this one. It's very modern on the inside. And he said, yeah, I would have to change it to be more, you ready for this? Authentically rustic. Okay, if it's currently built modern, like built in the last few days, you could adorn it as rustic. You could disguise it 
as rustic. You could decorate it as rustic. But if it's a new build, it's pretty modern. You follow me? See, the challenge we have for a lot of people is that the way they tell their stories is directly related to making it appear more rustic. Make it sound more authentic. Add those details to the story that, well, they didn't really happen, but it sure makes it sound more gusto. It makes it sound more authentic. The challenge with that is, that's not what makes it authentic. And remember, no one cares about your story. What they want to know is, have you lived the experiences that I've lived found a solution to the problem that we together faced that I can apply to my life. The purpose of the story is simply to point out, yes, I've been there, I've done that, I got the t-shirt, let me show you where I got the t-shirt. I've lived through the problem that you lived through, I found a solution to the problem that you have right now, and I can get you further down the road. That's the purpose of telling the story. And I don't care if you're telling that story to a board of executives about the organization that you're looking to get funding for. I don't care if you're telling that story to your children about why they must brush their teeth or take a bath on a regular basis. I don't care why you're telling the story. The point of the story isn't entertainment. While entertainment may be one of the ways that you get your point across. The point of the story isn't to sound authentic. It's to be authentic. And so let me reiterate my main point. Authenticity isn't an accoutrement that you decorate your story with. It's not the seasoning that you add in the end to make it more flavorful, more impactful, more manipulative. Authenticity isn't how you dress up a story to make people want to be more engaged in your story. No, it's, it's none of those things. It's none of those things. Authenticity, instead, is how you start your story with integrity. That makes authenticity not a story feature, not a plot line, not a decoration, not a seasoning, but a character trait. See, authenticity is less about the story itself and more about the person telling it. Are you an authentic person to begin with? Do you operate in integrity? Do you tell the truth even when it could cost you? Are you honest with yourself enough to say, that's not really how it happened? See, that's one of the challenges when you have multiple kids telling the same story and <laughs> none of the stories line up. Well, why don't they? Well, because they're all telling the story for their own benefit. They're telling it from their own perspective, but also for their own best outcome. If the stories that you're using as a leader, as a communicator, as a public speaker, as an influencer, only serve the purpose for your gain in the end, for your income, for your growth, for your ego, then they're not authentic stories. Now, the real challenge is that telling an authentic story isn't as much about how you tell the story, while that's a huge factor, as it is which stories you choose to tell to begin with. See, if the stories that are 
most important to you, the stories that are most likely to be told by you, if those stories didn't really happen to you, they just sound like a great anecdote, well, again, like the last lesson on originality, you've got to preface your story by saying, it didn't really happen to me, but I observed. Or it didn't really happen to me, but I read this story one time, and, and the lesson I took for it, for, took from it was like this. All of those are valid, usable, executable points in storytelling. Very important, very powerful. But the truth of the matter is, using the wrong story to embellish an idea, to make a point, to manipulate the outcome, well, that just reveals your lack of authenticity to begin with. And at the point that you've chosen a story that, well, it wasn't really true, it didn't really happen to you, it really has no great value in your life, that that suddenly becomes a story that you're going to have to add some little seasoning on it to make it important. It's going to need a little Tabasco over here, a little pepper over here, a little salt over here, a little garlic over here. And eventually, it doesn't taste anything like what you started with. If you've ever had somebody cook for you that cooks so badly that you have to just keep adding stuff to it. I remember watching a mother just about fall out of her chair when her son grabbed a bottle of ketchup and buried his steak in ketchup. And she, she was like, I went to all that trouble to cook you a great steak and you cover it in ketchup. And he said, well, I didn't like the taste of the steak. He was six. Yeah, he probably eats a lot of chicken now. But I can tell you, my, my grown daughter, um, when she was probably five or six, would not eat stovetop stuffing at all. Unless it was buried in ketchup. I mean, it was like gooey, ooey ketchup. It, it had nothing left of the stovetop stuffing. No taste, no texture. It was the nastiest thing you've ever seen. But that was the only way she would eat stovetop stuffing was with burying it in ketchup. Okay, at that point, it's not stovetop stuffing anymore. You're eating ketchup with stuff floating in it. How many stories have you heard someone tell that it's obvious to you that the story is so manipulated, so doctored up, so dressed up, so covered in seasonings and ketchup that there's really no story left? Well, part of that is because the storyteller has chosen the wrong story. And the only way to make that story sound authentic is to dress it up as authentic, to disguise it as rustic, to manipulate it into being something that, well, it sounds authentic. It fits the moment. It sounds like something I would have said back then, although I didn't. I was listening to an interview today. I honestly, I have no idea how old the interview was um, it was an interview with Jerry Jones, and somebody asked him about when Jimmy Johnson left. And he said, when Barry came down from Oklahoma, Barry Switzer, to become the coach, he walked into the room. Now, you got to realize, too, Barry Switzer had coached both Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones in the past when they both played at Arkansas. I believe that was where they played at the time. And Barry walked in the room and he looked at Jerry Jones and he said, uh, where's Jimmy? He said, yeah, Jimmy's gone. He said, we're getting back in here. I need to sit you two boys down and, and have a conversation. 
And he said, now he's, he's gone. He said, how could you have messed this up so bad? And he used a different word. Now, I don't know if this conversation that was being recorded as I'm watching it was two years ago or 12 years ago or 15 years ago. I, I don't know. The conversation and its reality took place back in the 90s, so well over 20 years ago. And in that conversation, Jerry said, that's when I knew I messed up. When Coach Barry came in and said, where's Jimmy and what have you two done to mess this up? That was after they'd won their second Super Bowl, but they couldn't put up with each other anymore and decided to part ways. And basically, Barry was saying, you have messed this up so bad over your egos, you're not going to win another Super Bowl. Now, the, the reality is it took that kind of true heartfelt moment for Coach Barry to look at Jerry and Jimmy and go, y'all, y'all done messed up. Now, looking back 20 years, 30 years, however many years it's been, has there been a moment in your life where you could look back and say, it dawned on me that I really messed up? I made the wrong decision in a career. I made the wrong decision in an automobile. I made the wrong decision in a relationship. I made the wrong decision in, in buying a house or not buying a house. See, those, those are the moments that you look back on now and you think, that was really dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have when I had the chance. And I want you to know that right now, authentic doesn't mean dressing up that story until it sounds good. Jerry Jones has had many years without Super Bowls. Jimmy Johnson is still in the game. He can still coach. He can still watch it happen. He can he can commentate on it. Been doing that for a while, too, making good money at that without having to get out on the field every day. But see, the, the expertise didn't go away, just the relationship. If you're being honest with yourself, if you're being authentic, you got to look back on that and go, I made a mistake then. And it cost me right away. But how much more has it cost me since then? See, that's that's the truth of authentic. Authentic is that integrity that says, man, I really messed this up. And, and it's had a long run of bad experience. But authentic may also be the best decision I ever made was. It's not easy to be authentic. Any more than it's easy to have integrity. In fact, those two things are so directly tied, it's almost impossible to separate them. Integrity, I think the best definition I've ever heard of integrity is what you do when nobody's looking. Are you the same person when you're by yourself as you are when you're hanging out with friends? I learned to play pool from an old guy who used to work in the apartment complex that I lived in. I worked nights, and so during the days, I'd come and hang out in the little country, the, they call it a country club, the clubhouse of the apartment complex, and there was nobody else there but just me and a pool table, and I would bang the balls around, and I had no idea what I was doing. And when John found me, he was like, you don't know this game very well, do you? And I held a pool cue like this, like a clothesline pole, not like a pool cue. And he taught me how to play, and I got pretty good. In fact, I got good enough at one time that I traded my car for a pool cue. Then I played in the national championships. I got pretty good. But I remember early on when John would tell me, you don't have any idea what you're doing. And it was hard to hear that. It was hard 
to play in a way that I didn't know what I was doing. I also remember him watching from afar. And he would come in sometimes and he would say, so I was watching you shoot earlier. And I'm like, why? And he's like, just watching. And he would challenge me. He's like, look like you were shooting on solids and you missed, but you kept shooting on solids. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing by myself. Who cares? He said, only you. Only you care. But you're the only one you're cheating as well. If the shot became too difficult and you couldn't make it, choose another shot. And if you missed the shot, move on to the other suit. Switch back and forth like you're playing a real competitor. If you're just poking the balls around, then, then stop pretending like you're playing a game. But if you're playing a game, play with some integrity. I'm like, there is nobody else in this room. Nobody else cares. He said, I know. And nobody else cares if you win or you lose. Just you. And when you cut the corners, the only one you're cheating is you. That's integrity. When you cut corners, the only one you're cheating is you. When you fail to be authentic in the story that you're telling, the only one you're cheating is you. The outcome, the results, the impact that you could have with the story that you've chosen to tell, you're just cheating you for now. But see, I went on to play in leagues and teams and tournaments where my, at one time, my spouse, my wife played on the same league that I played on. Her handicap was a huge advantage to us. But if I cheated then, it wasn't just hurting me. It was hurting the entire team. The same is true of your story. If the stories that you're choosing to tell don't have integrity because you don't have integrity, they don't have authenticity because you don't have authenticity. You can't dress them up enough. You can't put enough seasoning on them. You can't paint a story well enough to make an unreal story sound authentic. You just can't. And the ability to manipulate a story is becoming easier and easier. The ability to fabricate even a video like this. It's just easier and easier and easier. You can use all kinds of fake things. Fake backgrounds, fake backdrops, fake scenes of calamity behind you. I love watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? And they put a disaster scene behind them and they have to figure it out. That's pretty fascinating to me. But it can be faked so easily. Deep fakes are a common thing. They can't really be afforded in leadership. If you're a communicator, if you're a leader, if you're an influencer who genuinely plans to transform other people's lives, then choosing stories that you have the courage, the tenacity, the will to tell with full integrity, even if it doesn't put you in the best light, Choosing those stories that have the power to transform somebody else's life because you've been through hard times and found the way out and you know that being through hard times, you can save them too. Those stories are worth telling. But you're going to have to be transparent. You're going to have to be authentic. You're going to have to be real. First with yourself and then with the people you tell those stories to. It's not worth cheating yourself for an easy win. And it's certainly not cheating those who depend on you just to get an easy win. Authenticity is not a storyline. It's not an accoutrement. It's not a seasoning you sprinkle on at the end. It's not the ketchup you bathe your dressing in. Authenticity is a character trait. And either you have it in you 
to embed it in your stories or you don't. This is not about public relations. It's not about manipulations. Telling a story should not be a psyop. It should be authentically yours because it's authentically you and you operate in integrity. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast or Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.